You're listening to the Decluttered Mom Podcast, a podcast built specifically for busy moms by a busy mom. I'm your host, Diana Renee. And in 2017, I had my second daughter and it felt like I was literally drowning in my home. Okay, not literally, but I felt like I couldn't breathe with all of the stuff surrounding me. Over the next 10 months, I got rid of approximately 70% of our household belongings, and I have never looked back. I kind of feel like I hacked the mom system, and I'm here to share all the tips, tricks, and encouragement. Let's listen to today's show. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Decluttered Mom podcast. Um, This week, I'm going to be continuing talking about a topic from last week, and it's all about why I keep my kids off of social media, and I I didn't used to. So this is not something I have always done, but it is something I've done for the last two and a half years. And if you want to, I think it's important that you go back and listen to that episode first, which it's just last week's episode, but we will also link it in the show notes um, because that will go into why I made the decision, like what happened to make me make the decision to pull my kids off social media, which was a lot of work. Like it wasn't like something that we did right from the beginning and it was, my kids were in a lot of my content, a lot of my courses. Um, and so it was a lot of work to do it. And so start there because that will give you a good background for kind of why I'm talking about this. And I am talking about this because I get asked all the time. Um, And I think it's because it's weird. It's abnormal. It's not normal to have um, an Instagram account focused as a mom being the main creator on the account, account for the kids not to be on the account. And so Go back and listen to that. But today I want to talk about the things that I have learned over the last two and a half years that have just reinforced that decision over and over and over. And this is like sensitive topics. And they're, again, just my disclaimer for the hundredth time. I'm not here to convince you to take your kids off social media. I'm not here to judge you if your kids are on social media. I'm just here to provide why my own story and also all of the reasons or all of the research that went into that. So since I have taken them off social media, I think it was in, yeah, it was in 2022, I saw TikTok and I, you guys, I watch way too much TikTok. Like it's, it's, it's a thing. I need to not watch so much TikTok, but it's so, I mean, they know what they're doing. It's easy to stay on there for a long time. And I have learned a lot and I have there's a lot of good things about TikTok, but I also spend too much time, too much time. Um, so I saw a TikTok basically about um, like child predators online and how accounts that have kids in the videos, like, you know, someone will post a video of their baby doing something in a diaper and like it has like hundreds of thousands of saves when there's like no reason that like, I'm scrolling TikTok and like there's no reason for me to save a video of that, right? So there are quite a few accounts on TikTok, which if you guys are interested in this topic, let me know because I can try to get in touch with some of those accounts and have them come on. But they basically talk about the dangers of having your kids online. Many of them focus on like family vloggers. So like 
big YouTube or Instagram or TikTok accounts that are like just solely based on their family and their daily lives or like they do like dance videos or and then they monetize their accounts through like sponsorships or affiliate deals or things like that where they sell other people's products. Okay. So some of these accounts are really focused on those big family vlog type accounts, but many of them do also talk about just just accounts that are, you know, it's just someone posting on their social media and they're innocently putting a picture of their baby doing something or their toddler doing something or their seven-year-old doing something that, again, we talked about in the last episode is perceived differently by different people or more importantly is received by people who have ill intentions about the children. And so I also saw stories on TikTok about very innocent photos or videos of kids being put on the dark web for just terrible, awful things, photos being altered, like stories about photos being altered. And I, it just is terrible. So I, I don't ever want to feel like I am providing my, my kids via photos or videos in like a normal everyday thing that they're doing that someone who has ill intentions for them and is a predator to have access to those photos or videos. And so when I like discovered these accounts that talk about this, that was like a major eye opener to me. And I think to most people, because I don't think that we think about that. We don't think about that when we post our kids online, even if it's just to our like private Facebook page, unless we, unless we like have truly vetted every single person that we have accepted as a friend on Facebook, which most of the time, okay, side note, ADHD brain, I last year went through my Facebook like friends list and I was like, I don't know who a lot of these people are. I think it's because I've had Facebook since I was a sophomore in college. And so I would like, people would request my friendship you know, because I had like one class with them my sophomore year of college. I've never seen them again ever. And I have no idea who they are or what they are like as a person. And why do they have all, why do they have access to all of my information, which I don't even share anything on Facebook anymore, but you know what I mean? So I think most people have way more people on their Facebook friends list, or if you have a private Instagram, you have people following you on there that you've accepted at one point that you truly don't know, right? And so I think it applies to that also. Um, so there's that whole, there's that whole side of it, right? Which is on its own enough. Um, that was like really reinforcing for me. But then um, there's a little bit more of what I was talking about before with what happened with with the adult coming to talk to my kids at the at the clothing store. I had a follower. I think it was last year. DM me and say that she works at a school, an elementary school that a very, like, very well-known influencer, their kids go to the school. And she has said that her kids just, like, they don't get to have a normal school experience like the other kids because it's like adults are always talking to them and they're, like, even other kids treat them differently Like she said, it's a really interesting 
phenomenon that's happening. So that I found that interesting too. And that kind of led into like that, just that feeling of like, why do people need to know my kids? Why do they need to know who they are? And they don't, they don't need to. And that, that the natural human inclination is to, um, if someone feels like they know them, then they're going to act like they know them, even if they don't. And that creates a very weird social dynamic for kids who like, and I can't even imagine like middle school, you guys, middle school is rough. <laughs> like my, I don't know about you, but my middle school experience was rough and I had to transfer schools going into eighth grade because I was bullied so much in seven, sixth and seventh grade that I transferred school, not even just schools, but school districts. And so the thought of like adding in my mom having a large social media presence and following and other people knowing that and then like me have like having my videos and like the inside of my home me like hanging out inside my home like for all of the kids in middle school to see like it's just all of these social dynamics right that I don't think we think through because we don't we've never had to think through this before and so that was another one. That was another reinforcement that I was like, okay, this, this, this makes sense. This is the right decision. Another thing is we are now at an, a time where we're starting to see the first group of kids who were on platforms, on their parents' platforms, become teenagers or young adults and they are speaking out about this and they are they did not have good experiences there have been several i think there's even a documentary coming out i wish i remembered the name i just saw it last week and i think it's just on youtube i don't think it's like on like a big i don't think it's on like netflix or anything like that i'm going to try and find that because there's a documentary coming out that's like several teenagers who grew up being on YouTube, on family channels, they don't, a lot of them don't have relationships with their parents anymore. And a lot of them felt like their relationship with their parent was more so like a business relationship because it felt like everything they were doing was for content. Um, so it wasn't just like they got to be with mom and dad, they got to be with mom and dad and they're having videos taken for content. And I mean, there's even been like things that have come out where, you know, like, a, I don't even know, I didn't know who this person was. I can't remember who it was, but last year there was, um, a, I think it was a TikToker or YouTuber who like didn't edit out part of her video where she's like telling her son to act sad or to cry because they, their dog died or something like that. It was like, it was like basically like where the mom was almost like acting as a director during a very real life experience for the kid because she wanted there to be, you know, more emotion because that would sell better on YouTube. And so I think it just, I, and I don't think that every like account that has their kids on it, um, has that, you know, has that level of like getting the kid to do what you want them to do for the camera. But I do think that it's easier to fall. I think it's easy to fall in that trap as 
your business or your social media grows because as your business or social media grows, you see the rewards, you know, of that. And so we all want approval. We all, you know, we want to see that people like what we put out there or share that what people put out there. And so I think it can be a e- really easy trap to fall into without even without even realizing it. I've seen stories on TikTok of these teenagers that, you know, speak out now. And a lot of them are not even like YouTube. A lot of them are like blog kids <laughs> because before social media, it was like blogging. That was like the big thing. And so um, some of these teenagers were kids of really big bloggers who shared all of their content on blogs. And so some of them talk too about how they felt like their relationship or their life essentially had been, their day-to-day life had been monetized, but they never, they were never like, there was no money saved for them for college or for their future. Um, so it was kind of like they were like working for free, you know? Um, and kids, there's no protection for kids on social media like there is for child actors. Like if someone, if there's a child who's going to be in a movie or TV show or commercial, like there's a lot of protections built in for them financially. I mean, where they, you know, I don't, I don't know the details specifically, but like the money or the, the, either all of the money or a large majority of the money has to be saved for their future. Um, and there is nothing like that for social media right now. There's, there's one state in the Midwest, either Indiana or Illinois just passed like the very first thing that's like a law that's going to help kids who are on social media where if a parent like monetize monetizes content that the kid is on, then they are required to do something with it for the child. So I think we'll see more of that, hopefully, in the next, you know, decade. But I think it's going to be slow going because it's just, it's not common right now. So I, that's just kind of a side note. I don't, that's not really a reason I keep my kids off social media, but I just find it really really fascinating. And kind of speaking to the um, idea of like, I think parents can kind of change or alter their behavior. They may do something that they may not have done because they see other parents doing it and it becomes like a trend. Um, And it's like a funny thing. Like a great example is the recent egg challenge on TikTok. I don't know (laughs) if you know what I'm talking about, but there was a trend on TikTok that blew up like it was a super popular trend. Everyone, it felt like every account was doing it. And it was to, it was called the egg challenge. And it was for parents to set up a camera to tell the child that they get to bake together and then cracking an egg on their head, on the kid's head without them knowing or asking or consenting. And a lot of people thought it was hilarious. And a lot of people like a lot of people also saw a huge problem with this because it felt like parents were putting kids into a compromising position where they felt hurt or embarrassed or confused, and then they were laughing at them and then putting it on social media for everyone else to laugh at their kid too. And that it didn't sit well with me. Again, this is not a judgment on people. It's just, I, it's an, a good example of how maybe 
a person who is a really great parent could get caught up or swept up in something that they may not normally do as a parent, but they see like hundreds of thousands or millions of other parents doing it. And so it's kind of like, oh, this might, this might be okay. And it's really funny. So that's just another example. To kind of close this out, when I talked about this recently on Instagram, I had someone DM me and say, if you didn't have like a public business account, would you still keep your kids off social media? And my answer is probably yes. Actually, yes, not probably, absolutely yes. The larger public scale made me see the issue, but now that I do see the issue, I do think it it would apply to like a private account. Unless it was like me, my husband, my mom, (laughs) my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, like that's it. Um, Or like aunts and uncles, you know, like immediate or like family. Because I just... I've seen, I've seen too much now. I've seen, I've done all the research. I just don't think the internet is a safe place to put my kids. Um, so yes, I would do it if I had a private account that was not like a business public Instagram also. So again, I hope this was interesting to you. I hope it was informational. I, struggled making these. I struggled talking through these because I do think it's such like an interesting topic that um, is controversial. It is emotional and it's easy to feel judged in. And I just, I know I've said it a thousand times. I just hope you hear my heart in this, that, that it's not where this is coming from. This is just what I've learned in this wild, wild west of the internet. So um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. We will see you next week on the Decluttered Mom podcast. Thanks for hanging out and listening to the Decluttered Mom podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world if you could write a review or share this episode with a friend or your Instagram stories. And if you're on Instagram, be sure to follow me at the.declutteredmom and send me a DM to say hi. I'd love to hear what you thought about today's episode. I hope you'll come back next week and hang out with us again.